Welcome to the worst case scenario. In this Cybercrime Radio series, we discuss with cybersecurity professionals how to survive alligator attacks, escape a sinking ship, and how to navigate without GPS. Turn left. Along the way, we'll discover how these worst case scenarios relate to cybersecurity. I'm your host, Hillary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today is Heather Engel, Managing Partner of Strategic Cyber Partners. Welcome, Heather. So great to have you back on the Worst Case Scenario. Thanks, Hillary. This is one of the most fun podcasts that I do is Worst Case Scenario. I know it is. We're having a good time. Well, Heather, today we're going to talk about avalanches. They're terrifying, but I mean, thankfully, I've never really been in a position where I have to actually be afraid of them, but I am still somewhat irrationally afraid of them. And I think my fear was solidified as I read on USDA.gov's article, which is titled, When Snow Becomes Deadly, How to Survive an Avalanche, that, quote unquote, being in an avalanche is like being caught in a fast flowing river, which is my worst nightmare. So... (laughs) Heather, essentially, it sounds like personally, I I would die. But regardless, take us through how we can survive an avalanche. This was a really timely topic because I was just watching the other day with my kids an avalanche that someone had filmed. And it was really fascinating because my son even said, he said, that doesn't look like snow. It looks like water. So you're right. It is like being caught in a fast flowing river. So the advice from the USDA says, of course, don't get caught in one in the first place, which is easy to say. But again, as always, with our worst case scenarios, preparation is key. Knowing the conditions, and you know me, I always like to say, be prepared to manage your risk. In this case, risk management looks like evaluating the conditions and understanding what the likelihood of an avalanche happening is. To determine that risk, you should check the avalanche forecast at your destination through avalanche.org. And then knowing your own personal risk tolerance when looking at the likelihood of an avalanche. So for you, Hillary, I would say you probably have very little tolerance for getting caught in an avalanche, whereas some people who are really into some extreme sports may have a little bit higher of a tolerance for that. The other thing that stood out in the advice is that we need some tools So we need a beacon in case we get buried under the snow, we can activate that button and then that will help our rescuers find us. We need a pole and the pole comes in, you know, where you can either poke it up through the snow to try to help your rescuers find you. Or if you are the rescuer and you're searching for someone, you'll use that to sort of gently push down through the snow and see if you can identify how deep your friend is buried. And then of course you need a shovel to work on digging yourself out. The other thing that really stood out for me in this advice, and the USDA didn't specifically say this, but this felt like a common thread to me, is having a companion or a friend or people that you are going out into these extreme conditions with who are also trained in using the right gear and trained in techniques to find you. So not going it alone is also really important. Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking us through that. I hope full transparency, I'll probably never use that because I will never put myself in that situation. (laughs) Yeah. They had some other advice too, which is if you're in it, right? We talk a lot about risk management and preparation, but if you're already in it, the advice is to move diagonally to the avalanche or try to make your way to the edge where the slide isn't quite as fast and you're not likely to be buried as deep. You can also orient your feet downhill so that your lower body and not your head takes most of the impact. And then it says, once you come to rest, you should relax because you know your partners are trained. 
I don't know very many people who would be able to fully relax in that situation, but that is the advice is don't panic. I would panic. Anyway, don't panic. <laughs> I think um, most people would panic. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So what types of avalanches, Heather, are cyber teams dealing with? And just one example that I thought of is, you know, I know that there's, of course, the onslaught of cyber attacks and incidents, but the word avalanche kind of made me think more about the avalanche of work and how burnt out cybersecurity workers can and have become. But I'd love to hear your thoughts, of course. Yeah, there were a couple of things that came to mind for me. So the first avalanche that comes to mind, and this is mainly because I've been working with some clients on this over the last couple of weeks, is the amount of data that even a small, relatively simple network will generate. So your log data, things that are happening on your firewalls, things that your users are doing, all of that is generating these logs. And we can use what's called a SIM tool or a security information and event management tool to try to manage that avalanche of information. And then we can actually do something with the information. We can do everything from try to identify indicators of compromise that could potentially alert us if a breach is in progress, or we can just get some information about the data, You know, how our users are using the system, what do their connection times and speeds look like. Um, what is their geolocation? Where are they connecting from? Things like that. If we look at it from the perspective of work, then there's really two points to that one. One is that we have a lot of unfilled positions and the amount of work that's often required for just one or two people or even a larger company with a small IT shop can really be overwhelming. To your point, you know, it does sometimes seem like it's never ending and it's this never ending onslaught and it can cause our team members and security professionals to become burnout. The other point is that the avalanche of information. So we talked about the avalanche of information about your network, just in general, the avalanche of information and the way security is constantly evolving and changing can feel for security professionals like they are constantly caught in that avalanche. You know, I've had conversations with many colleagues and coworkers over the last several months about how they feel like they're just exhausted all the time because cybersecurity and IT is constantly changing and they can't keep up. You know, they feel like they can never know enough. You can never get enough training. You're always one step behind and that can be really exhausting for career cybersecurity analysts or network engineers or people who are defending the networks. Yeah, for sure. And so everything that I read on surviving av avalanches and, and what you covered as well, that you know, everything told me that the appropriate gear and training, that's everything. So how does this relate to cyber and what does this also make you think about? Yeah, if we relate this to the idea that our cybersecurity professionals are getting burned out, training is really key to surviving the cyber avalanche. And so is understanding what your expertise is and what your limits are. If you are trying to be an expert in everything, you either won't do a very good job or you're going to burn yourself out pretty quickly. As far as tools and equipment go, you know, if you're new to camping, you might go to REI and ask someone what gear you need. In that same way, our human networks and those connections with our colleagues and coworkers and mentorships are so important in cybersecurity, even forums where you can just exchange information. Sometimes it's really difficult when you don't know what you don't know. And having those networks can help a lot in surviving that avalanche of feeling like we're overwhelmed and like we don't know enough about our problem. 
I think vendors can provide good information too, but remember they're selling a product and that product might be very good. It might be a great product, but if it's not the right fit for your company or your problem, then you're not getting the best information. So for example, if I'm shopping for hiking gear, I know that there are certain brands of boots that just don't work for me. And if you don't have the time or resources to learn how to use your tools, it's not going to be very helpful. So that's where I say, you know, really understanding who you can ask, really understanding who those mentors are can go a long way in helping our cyber professionals avoid burnout. And so Heather, what's your final advice for our audience on how to survive the avalanche, whether literally or metaphorically? Yeah. (laughs) Well, with all things that pose a risk, you know, sometimes we take risks because we want to have some fun. And it's always best though, to spend time evaluating that risk deciding what is necessary to bring that risk to an acceptable level, right? If we're dealing with a literal avalanche, it's those tools and the training and having friends. If we're talking about the avalanche of work and feeling overwhelmed and burned out, it's those, again, some tools, maybe some networks, some mentoring. But, you know, my final piece of advice is that it's wintertime here in the U.S. and lots of us tend to hibernate. But I would say if you have the opportunity to get out there and enjoy the snow, do that if you're somewhere that has it. I personally am in Virginia, so I don't have any snow. It's 60 degrees here today, but I've been wishing for a little bit of snow to carry me through the rest of the winter for sure. Absolutely. And I do love the snow. I do, but I just don't like avalanches. (laughs) I think that's fair. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure and always so much fun. So I'm looking forward to next time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm Hilary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today on The Worst Case Scenario was Heather Engel, Managing Partner of Strategic Cyber Partners. To listen to our other podcasts, visit us at cybercrime.radio. And for all of our other media, visit us at cybercrimemagazine.com. <laughs>